Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Doctrine and Covenants of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Even though this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort has been made to be as doctrinally and historically accurate as possible. Every day a new section of the Doctrine and Covenants will be released. I hope that you'll visit this often and be able to share this uh, with your friends. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to the Doctrine and Covenants podcast. This one's going to be about section 7. Doctrine and Covenants, Section 7. So I'll read the heading first. Revelation given to Joseph Smith the prophet in Oliver Cowdery at Harmony, Pennsylvania, April 1829, when they inquired through the Urim and Thummim as to whether John, the beloved disciple, tarried in the flesh or had died. The revelation is a translated version of the record made on parchment by John and hidden up by himself. So let me give you a little historical background on this one. Uh, a shorter version of Section 7 was first published in the 1833 Book of Commandments with a heading that stated it was translated from parchment written and hidden up by John the Revelator. Verses 6 and 7 were added to the text of Section 7 in the 1835 edition of the Doctrine and Covenants under the supervision of the Prophet Joseph Smith, and the wording of other verses was revised at that time by the Prophet. Because Joseph worked on the Joseph Smith translation after Section 7 was received, it may be that he obtained additional insights on John 21, 30-23 uh, from that labor, which he then added to this revelation in the 1835 edition. Uh, We know that John was the cousin of Jesus. So let me start in verse 1. And the Lord said unto me, John, my beloved, what desirest thou? For if you shall ask what you will, it shall be granted unto you. And I said unto him, Lord, give unto me power over death. In other words, he wants to be a translated being. That I may live and bring souls unto thee. Translated bodies are designed for future missions. That's what Joseph Smith said. And John's status is that of a translated being for whom the change of death is indefinitely postponed and whose body is raised from a telestial to a terrestrial condition. After his mission, however, John's body will finally undergo the change we call death, but will take the transition from a translated body to a resurrected body in the twinkling of an eye, and thus will avoid all the unpleasantness usually associated with dying. Verse 3, And the Lord said unto me, Verily I say unto unto thee, Because thou desirest this, thou shalt tarry until I come in my glory, and shalt prophesy before nations, kindreds, tongues, and people. According to Revelation 10.11, John received a commission to prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. When this commission was given, John was already an old man, far beyond threescore and ten years. According to Joseph Smith, John's mission was to prepare the ten tribes of Israel for the final gathering. At a conference of the church held in June 1831, Joseph Smith said that John the Revelator was then among the ten tribes of Israel who had been led away by the king of Assyria to prepare them for their return from their long dispersion. It is not necessary to assume, however, that the ten tribes know who they are or that they know John by his biblical identity. It is only certain that whatever they are and whatever or wherever they are and whatever they know, he is among them and is and is working to prepare them to receive the fullness of the gospel and to witness the second coming of the Savior. Verse 4, And for this cause the Lord said unto Peter, if, thou, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? For he desired of me that he might bring souls unto me, but thou desirest that thou mightest speedily come unto me in my kingdom. I say unto thee, Peter, this was a good desire, but my beloved has desired that he might do more, or a greater work yet among men, than what he has before done. This does not mean that John's work was greater than Peter's request, but that John was going to do a work greater than he, John, he had ever done before. 
Verse 6, Yea, he has undertaken a greater work, therefore I will make him as flaming fire and a ministering angel. He shall minister for those who shall be heirs of salvation who dwell on the earth. The lost ten tribes are therefore still on the earth somewhere, but we don't know where. John was promised that he would not taste of death until the time of Christ's return. During the interim period, he would be translated being like unto Enoch and those of his city. Many have supposed Joseph Smith explained that the doctrine of translation was a doctrine whereby men were taken immediately into the presence of God and into an eternal fullness, but this is a mistaken idea. Their place of habitation is that of the terrestrial order, and a place prepared for such characters he held in reserve to be ministering angels unto many planets, and who as yet have not entered into, a, into so great a fullness as those who are resurrected from the dead. Five of the books of the Bible were written by John, the Gospel of John, three epistles, and the book of Revelation. The world's most widely distributed book is the Bible, portions of which have been translated into 2,233 languages as of the year 2000. It has been estimated that between 1815 and 1999, some 3.88 billion Bibles were printed. Certainly, John's written prophecy has gone forth among the nations. Verse 7, And I will make thee, John, to minister for him, Peter, for and for thy brother James, and unto thee, and unto, the, unto you three, I will give this power and the keys of this ministry until I come. The three of them together will hold the keys of the priesthood until the second coming. When one who holds the keys bestows them upon another, the former does not cease to hold them. Rather, he lengthens the chain of authority by another link. Christ presently holds all the keys, but so do Peter, James, and John, on whom Christ bestowed them, and so also does the prophet Joseph Smith, on whom these three bestowed the same keys. Verse 8, Verily I say unto you, ye shall both have according to your desires, for ye both joy in that which ye have desired. Heber C. Kimball recorded an appearance of John in the Kirtland Temple. When the prophet Joseph had finished the endowments of the first presidency, the twelve and the presiding bishops, the first presidency proceeded to lay hands upon each one of them to seal and confirm the anointing, and at the close of each blessing, the whole of the quorums responded to it with a loud shout of Hosanna, Hosanna, etc. While these things were being attended to, the beloved disciple John was seen in our midst by the prophet Joseph Oliver and others. With regards to uh, John the Revelator, let me just read you a story that uh, is interesting about uh, an experience that the prophet had. Joseph was walking with a man named Alan Stout uh, along the Mississippi River on the road to Montrose. They saw a man walking along the road leading in from the south and coming towards them. The prophet told Alan to remain where he was while he stepped over to speak with him. Uh, then as the prophet returned back to Alan, they walked for a while and Joseph uh, told him that this was that the man was John the Revelator. Anyway, uh, so we know that John's still around. Don't know where he is or what he's doing, but uh, he's still alive, and uh, he will be here until the second coming. I bear testimony of the truth of these things, uh, that Jesus is the Christ, and that uh, the doctrine and covenants is the word of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time.